Hello, guys and gals and everything in between. This is Lizard. And this is Panda. Ah. And this is our next episode <laughs> of Lizard and Panda Take on Cinema. Woo. Um, Movie news? Yes. Do you have any? Yes, How many sir. do you have? A lot? Little? Not uh, a lot? I got, I got some. I, I didn't write down any of the winners for the SAG Awards. Or... That's fine. It's too many. <laughs> it's the same shit that happened before. It's Basically. It's the same winner. It's just a repeat. Yeah. Um... So, according to the Hollywood Reporter, uh, Marvel Studios is now cleaning up the creative mess left in the wake of firing Jonathan Majors. Kang will now either be minimized or written out of the MCU entirely, with uh, Avengers Kang Dynasty being completely either retooled or just scrapped. Gotcha. I'm not really surprised, to be honest. Just recast. Yeah, I... Just fucking recast. I don't even know. <laughs> what is Marvel's fucking hang-up with recasting? I don't even know. Like, I understood with Chadwick Boseman. Even then, I feel like they jumped the gun. Yeah. I'm they just... they should have just kept the fuck quiet, waited for a little bit for everyone to go through the whole mourning phase, and then come up with a decision. Right. Uh, Dude, I don't even know anymore. I mean, you were the one who sent me the video of the correlation of a lot of people saying how they didn't really read the comic books and they were never really comic book fans, um, which kind of shows to be honest. I mean, don't get me wrong. Even like the other phases had its up and downs. Like I really did not like Iron Man three. I did not like Thor, um, dark world. And the thing is like it had its up and downs, but like, I feel like there's a lot more downs. And the thing is, even with those movies, they were still better than the stuff that's coming out now. Yeah. And also, because let's be realistic, the ones that actually everyone loves a lot are the ones where the people like James Gunn and the Russo brothers who have been fans of comic books since they were children. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that seem to have gone better. And it kind of, there, there's a reason for it. How about get actual comic book fans who know mm -hmm. what they're doing? Also. I completely forgot about this, which explains why fucking Star Wars is also going down the shitter. You know who uh, helped work on M. Night Shyamalan's Avatar The Last Airbender? Who? Kathleen fucking Kennedy. <laughs> oh, God. Your favorite person. Get her the fuck out of Star Wars. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I have no power over that. Just keep Dave Filoni. <laughs> he literally knows what the fuck he's doing. Why? I don't know. I'm going to angrily smoke your weed. It, it, it's legitimately annoying. That's fair. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Oh, I have other shit. No, that's a villain quote. That's not. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, okay, so. Dune 2 is now tracking to open with 170 million worldwide. Mm, I got mine and Brian's tickets for Sunday, and I'm so excited. Uh, let's see what else I have. Okay, so apparently uh, Jennifer Lopez and Anthony Ramos are in a bidding war between Netflix, Amazon, and DreamWorks, who are all interested in their new project, Bob the Builder. Oh, dear Lord. Okay. And um, they're making Bob the Builder a Latino. Okay. Which I feel like there's so much, there's so much stereotype that goes into that. They they should 
I mean, to be fair, Bob the Builder came out when we were like growing out of those shows. Mm -hmm. They were they're definitely for like people younger than us. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't he Australian? No, he was English. American. Some shit. He was American. But now his name will be Roberto. <laughs> Again, I don't know how I feel about that. I who I knows feel anymore. like it's a little too like a little too forced. <laughs> um Netflix is expected to raise their subscription prices again this year. Of course they are. Didn't we just get an increase? What the fuck is this cable? I well, you know, man, they have to pay the writers more. So naturally, because, you know, we don't actually want to lose any money because we already sit on billions and billions and billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Let's make the poor people pay for it. Uh, let's see. Bad Boys 4 has now been moved up by a week. So it's released in June 7th. Ah. I actually say about that. I like the Bad Boys movies. I haven't watched them in a hot minute. I probably should. Do that. Did you see the last one that came out? I don't think so. Well, it wasn't that bad. Okay. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. And, um, as, uh, his name? Ice Cube's son. Oh. I don't remember his name. That guy. Yes. <laughs> Very talented actor, but I forget I his know. name. Because <laughs> names escape me sometimes. O'Shea Jackson? Jackson? Something like that? Yeah. Johnson? Oh. I'll look it up later. Mm -hmm. uh, so as of yesterday, Thunderbolt started filming. Oh, okay. Finally. Again, I, I, I just want them to actually come up with a game plan. It all seems just so up in the air right now that I just can't. I like yeah. kind of given up on following where I'm just like, we'll see what happens when we get there. I'm not being cohesive anymore. That's what made it good. <laughs> Uh, Ty West says that he's almost done editing Maxine. I'm so excited for that movie. Oh my god, I love X and Pearl so much. They were so good. So good. So good. So good. And... Okay. Um, so, do you know the name Hideo Kojima? Sounds really familiar. Um... More so known for um, writing scripts for video games. He did Metal Gear Solid. Um, remember PT? Yeah. He did that. Gotcha. So, every, people that know his name know what, what he's about. So, he finally actually did a review and he just watched um, Moon Knight for the first time. Oh. Yes. And, honestly, I gotta agree with him. He says... I've always wanted to watch Moon Knight because I'm a fan of Oscar Isaac, but I held out until the Blu-ray Blu box set came out. Uh, I joined Disney Plus to watch a documentary, so I immediately watched the first episode. What a surprise. This is so original. The artwork, the world, the direction, the pacing. It's unlike any superhero movie slash show I've ever seen. Above all, the main character, Steven, is lonely and weak. I have never imagined such a pathetic and unattractive Oscar Isaac, but this is a good thing. Oscar Isaac succeeds in taking on this difficult role. Excellent casting. I'm looking forward to seeing more. I like that. It's like right on the nose. Mm -hmm. Right on the nose. Yeah. That's good. No, just, just bring him in. 
Bring him in. Yep. I, I would love that. Bring him in. Oh my god, a Hideo Kojima fucking Moon Knight story. Holy mm. shit. Oh dear. Because he could actually go into like the whole military aspect of his background. Yep. Oh. Uh, wishful thinking. Oh, wishful thinking. That's all I got. Well, and then there's all the reviews for, uh... I was gonna ignore that. Because <laughs> do we have to give this movie any more press? I mean, it got 1.2 out of 5 on Letterboxd. <laughs> and then, of course, there was Mike Flanagan's review, like, post. <laughs> I had to. Madam Webb, by the way. We're talking about Madam Webb. <laughs> as soon as I read the first few lines, I was like, no, he didn't. Nicole Kidman in the fucking... AMC commercial. AMC commercial. Oh my god. And the fact that I can quote that whole thing is just ridiculous. Oh, I need to get that. I really need to get that suit for Halloween. <laughs> and then just quote it all night. Brian should be the chair. Yes, he should. He'd be fine with that. Be like, okay, sit, sit. <laughs> Either that or he could be the projector. Oh, yeah, that's true too. And uh, also, because they released. Uh, trailer because they're actually there's going to be a special on id also on max mm-hmm. um about the whole shabacle with nickelodeon i saw that i want to see it. i want to watch that so mm-hmm. badly and apparently there's somebody coming out who hasn't said anything because like they show the empty chair and the interviewer going like is this your first time talking about it and you hear someone go <sighs> like kind of taking a breath and i'm just like oh who is it who hasn't said anything I'm like, oh, I'm so curious. And even just in the trailer, the one guy, he was just like, there there wasn't anything like that on our show. I'd be like, there was, you know. On our show? Yeah. Like, so <laughs> they interviewed telling him, like, yeah, no, there was some, a child, like, predator with your show. Like, a child was molested. And he's like, on our show? It's like, clearly you had fucking blinders on, because. Or he was just on fucking cocaine the entire time. Probably. Well, because even, like, I remember people when it came out about, like, specifically Fat Dude, whatever the fuck his name is. Oh, uh, Dan Schneider. Dan Schneider, thank With you. With his feet fetish. Yeah. With his foot fetish. And I never even noticed. Because, I mean, granted, when I was a kid and I watched the show, I noticed a lot of feet. And I was just like, why are we constantly seeing feet? Like, at the time, I didn't understand. And then that came out. And I was like, ew! Oh, that's disgusting! Ew. And then people tried to compare him to Quentin Tarantino. And they're like, well, he has a foot fetish too, and you see feet on his movies. And yeah, I'm but like, they're adults. They're adults who know, but he's not doing anything. They, they're they adults. They're just like, okay, you want to see. Because, like, hell, I would sell pictures of my feet. Like, if it's just my feet and not my face, like, okay, here you go. Make some money. Whatever. You're I've looking been, at my feet. <laughs> I, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. Because there's a. I mean, my dogs ain't that fucking good but shit just, someone's gotta pay fucking money to see my dogs i just gotta trim my toenails and i think i'll be good <laughs> well we'll go half and half on a uh feet finder account because apparently you do have to pay to make an account and then we'll we'll, 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 you know, we'll split the, the cost good plan yes good plan i like this mm-hmm. but yeah the fact that they were trying to compare him to quentin tarantino i'm just like okay quentin tarantino his stuff they're all adults and like they know, and they're like, all right, whatever. These are children. Children. Yes. That's disgusting. Oh, but I definitely want to watch it. I think March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, is when it's coming out. Ooh. <laughs> I'm like, so, perfect day to get drunk and just watch sadness. But yeah. There's something else. 
Oh yeah, did you see the trailer for that movie? Um, I think it's called Elio. It's a new Pixar or Disney animation movie. Oh, I haven't seen trailer, but I saw the movie poster at AMC theaters. You know, this is the first trailer that we've gotten, and it comes out next month. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. I feel so bad for those animators. Can you imagine going through all that fucking work just to have your project not even be fucking promoted? Yeah, like, and even, like, the movie poster I saw, like, it's in the hallway that leads to, like, outside. Like, when I get out of a movie theater at 11 o'clock at night and the gates are down in the front, so I have to go out, like, the side hallway Mm -hmm. to get to my car. And I'm just like, that's that's when I see the poster and that's it. So it's clearly kind of being swept off to the side kind of a situation. Yeah. And then there's, oh, yeah, there's also the whole thing with Warner Brothers. They keep on scrapping movies for tax write-off. Lovely. Yeah. So the first one to get the axe with that was actually uh, Batgirl. Of course, but I'm not surprised. And you know what they did with the film, right? No. Yeah, they didn't just write it off for taxes. They completely destroyed the film. Oh, lovely. So we will never see that movie. Like, the the original film reel for that movie does not exist anymore. So it's not like the situation with um, Muppets Christmas Carol where the Love is Gone song got cut out because you know children wouldn't understand blah 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 and then got lost like it mm. like they legit basically kind of set fire to it yeah oh god that's people are gross yeah mm. they, they did that so after that it was um i don't know what was next but they, they're also putting on the block the fucking coyote versus acme movie oh god and they actually got found out for that one. They were like, yeah, we're going to release it. And then they keep on pushing back the release date, pushing it back, pushing it back. Guess what's the next one that might be on the chopping block? What? Salem's Lot. <gasps> no, I was really curious how that was going to go. Stephen King wrote a fucking post on Twitter pretty much saying that he has no idea what the fuck Warner Brothers is doing. They keep on thinking over the, the uh, director. He's personally seen it and he likes it. Because Stephen King doesn't give a flying fuck. Like, so many people, I remember when, before It came out, the remake, and there were videos of Stephen King saying, like, how he really likes it and he's really excited Mm -hmm. for it to come out. And someone commented saying, like, oh, like, of course it's about his book. Of course he's going to say good things. (laughs) You don't know Stephen King. (laughs) (laughs) So many people commented that. They're just like, look up him talking about his other, the other projects that were made. He makes it very, like, he didn't even really like The Shining. Like, he liked... Jack Nicholson, but that was basically it. And like with Misery, you could tell that he absolutely loved Kathy Bates, but other than that, he was just like, Meh. Yeah. Meh. Like he he's not subtle. He doesn't care. Like yeah, no, he's which very, I respect that. Yes, yes. But also he sees it as he's because I remember another interview, a very old one, where he was just like, Yeah, either way, if they're when they're making a movie of my book, if it's good, I'm like, yeah, I wrote the book. And then if the movie is bad, then I'm just like, hey man, I just wrote the book. No, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I can respect that. <laughs> he, he literally said that at the end of the fucking quote that he wrote. For saying, I, well, then again, I, what do I know? I just write the fucking things. <laughs> it's like it's not like he, you know, knows what's going on or what he's doing. Yeah, I love so, that man. Yeah. So pretty much, Warner Brothers is doing the equivalent of burning your business down so you can get money out of it yep 
It's how the rich get richer. Mm-hmm. Gotta love it. All right. So movies that I have seen, I will give a shout out because last Wednesday at Wednesday Night Hangout, we watched Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. which I watched. That was the second time of me watching. That was your first time, right? Yeah. You haven't seen it yet? What did you think? Patrick Dempsey's accent. <laughs> the Boston accent. Oh, my God. That, that's that's it. That's all I got to say about it. Because it's funny because I can honestly imagine my Uncle Dwight, who has a very, had, had a very thick Boston accent. I can only imagine him watching this and being like, what the fuck is that? What kind of like, what, what, Patrick Dempsey? Like, I can just <laughs> see him being like, no. But the cat, the cat scene was so great. I was yeah. so terrified in the movie theater sitting with my blanket over my face like, not the cat. And then he ends up feeding the cat. I'm like, oh, best killer ever. He's fantastic. Love him. Keep him. He's not allowed to die. Uh, what else? Oh, when he put the freaking turkey thing in there, the timer. The little pop. Yes. <laughs> Done. Wait, it would have been a wasted opportunity if they did not have like that pop up oh, yeah. with that. I'm just like, uh, that would have been bad if you did not have that. So the entire time, I'm like, this is an Eli Roth film and no one has thrown up yet. When is it coming? Oh, wait, there it is. There it is. I just thought it was funny how, like, everybody we were watching with, they were just like, oh my god, this is so, like, weird and campy and ridiculous. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's Eli Roth. And, like, that explains it. Mm-hmm. It's like, because that's just his style. And he's just so great. Oh, I loved watching that movie again. That was great. Um, I did end up seeing The Book of Clarence. What do you think? I liked it, but also there were things I wasn't too sure of. Like, it's definitely one of those movies where there's the humor in it, especially the dark humor, which I loved. Um, And then it gets, like, really emotional, like, kind of in the middle towards the end, which is fine. But what I thought was weird was that, like, towards the end, during the emotional moments, they were also trying to still throw in, like, humor that didn't really fit at that moment. I was just like, okay, we're kind of... It's, like, definitely because, like, with... SLC punk it's super funny and fun and campy and then suddenly takes a hard left turn and it was just sad and they just stick to the sadness where like this one they did the sadness but then we're just like hey but we're still funny so and um I didn't completely understand where they were going with there were moments where I was kind of just like I'm so confused what what is the message we're trying to say? What is the story we're trying to tell them right now? And it was just kind of weird. Like it didn't feel like it flowed really well. Um, but obviously Lakeith Sanfield, I love him so much. He did fantastic. He can do anything. He can be in the most horrible movie in the world. And I would still love him. I'd be like, you're doing great. Love you. Whatever you do, just keep going. But yeah, like definitely like I wish I got to see it in theaters, but unfortunately time and also storm like snowstorms me being sick like january was just a rough month um i also saw bob marley one love so i think the problem with biopics is that you're trying to squeeze an entire life into just like two hours Mm -hmm. and you could definitely tell that this movie was made with a lot of love like 100 percent. the music absolutely phenomenal because bob marley they're he's amazing like but i will say because they kind of mostly like because it starts off with when he was shot the attempted assassination and kind of goes from there with occasionally like flashbacks to when he was a child 
So it kind of just seemed like all over the place at times. Yeah. But I will say Kingsley Benadir, who plays Bob Marley, phenomenal. Like, especially you could tell that he did his research or he just watched a shit ton of Bob Marley because, you know, yeah, it's very possible as well. But like just his mannerisms when he was on the stage performing, he really just pulled in Bob Marley. It was like it looked like you were watching Bob Marley perform. And um, uh, Lashana Lynch, who plays Rita Marley, Bob Marley's wife, she also stole the show. She was fantastic. Their chemistry was wonderful. Um, and again, this movie was definitely made with a lot of love. It just unfortunately follows the trope of most biopics where it kind of just, we're trying to squeeze a lot in there and not really saying anything at the same time. Yeah. Like, if you had no idea anything really about Bob Marley, don't watch this movie to, like, learn about him. Because you're not really going to learn much. That being said, I love Bob Marley. He is on my list of, if I ever get my hands on a time machine, I'm going to go back in time to see him perform. Because, Jesus Christ. Wonderful. Um, And then the last one I have here, so far, is probably my favorite of this year. Lisa Frankenstein. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. First of all, I did not realize that Zelda Williams was the director mm-hmm. until like a few days prior to seeing the movie. And it was her directorial debut. And I was like, oh, oh my God, she did wonderful. And the only, I never saw a trailer for this movie. I've only seen like random like ads when I'm like on Facebook, but I didn't even sit to watch the whole thing. It got to the point where I was like, I'm going to see this movie in a couple days. I'm just going to keep scrolling at this point. Um, so all I knew, it was kind of obviously based on Frankenstein, because it's in the title. Um, I knew that Cole Sprouse was in it, and I also knew that uh, Catherine Newton, um, who was in Freaky, yes, and also she played um, Ant-Man's daughter in Quantumania. Yes, Cassie Lang. Yes. Um, I knew that they were in it, and then that was pretty much it. Oh my god, Danny, this movie is so wonderful. It apparently last time i checked on rotten tomatoes it was like considered rotten to the critics i forget what the exact percentage was but the audience score was like 84 percent. i'm like yeah i can see that i can sadly see that and this is definitely i can tell going to become like a cult movie in the future like i feel like right now it's not going to get as much love as it should but then in the future, it's going to be just like Jennifer's Body, where, like, people hate it when it came out, but then love it now. Yeah. And it's in, in that same universe as well. It's just set in, like, 1989 mm-hmm. is when it's set. And, oh, my God, it's so fucking campy and ridiculous. And the acting is so over the top, but obviously done on purpose, where the entire time I'm just, like, cracking up and laughing my ass off and i was in the theater alone there was nobody else in that theater and i'm just like everyone in the world is missing this because this is a gem this is just wonderful and i had no idea that i wrote down because i always forget how to pronounce her last name carla Gugino. yes no idea she was in it hmm. until i saw her face i'm like oh, i love you and she mm, kills it naturally because she's wonderful it's just so, this movie was so wonderful. I cannot wait to watch it again. I can just see myself rewatching it over and over and just loving it more. I just, and at the end of the day, even if this ended up being a movie where literally no one in the world likes it, 
we can all agree that Robin Williams would be so proud of his daughter. Yeah. At the end of the day. Loved it. You need to watch it when you get a chance because it's so good. But yeah. I got nothing. And I did decide something. Yes. So with the live action Avatar The Last Airbender. I was kind of disappointed. Yes, it's better than the M. Night Shyamalan movie, but that's not really, that's, what kind of comparison is that? Because that movie was god-awful. But it did make me decide, because I asked my coworker, Michelle, who has never seen the animated series, I, I asked her to watch the live action and give me her viewpoint, because me and my coworkers were all talking about it, because we grew up watching the show, we love the animated series, and we... So we're also kind of just like, are we also just this critical because we're obsessed with the series? I don't know. So it made me decide I'm going to watch the live action One Piece because I've never seen the anime. Obviously, it's a completely different situation, but I, I yeah, I see the look, the little smile on your face. You're just like, yes, I'm going to. I don't know when, but I'm going to watch it. No, that actually makes me really happy. Like, I'm getting a little bit emotional. Are you crying right now? Your yeah. eyes are getting glassy. Oh, Danny. <laughs> no, because, like, so, like, honestly, this show fucking, like, really changed a lot for me. So, like, I've been wanting to just spread that to everyone, because, like, especially, like, everyone that I love. Oh, you love me? Yes, obviously. <laughs> you know, we've only been best friends for, like, how long? <laughs> More than a decade. Oh God, we're old. <laughs> I yeah, I will let you know when I start watching it. I don't know. This week is going to be a little busy just between work and also editing this episode, but and trying to watch other movies, which I don't know when I'll have time for that. Besides Dune Part Two on Sunday, but I'll figure it out. But yes, I did make that decision, so I will text you. Good. Good. All right. And so, in honor of Dune Part Two coming out, we have Dune Part One. The original from the the eighties. No, <laughs> I've not seen that movie in so long. A part of me doesn't really want to watch it. Which also, actually, because I wrote down because it was David Lynch who did that original movie, and I love David Lynch. Like one of his movies, I love them, including Eraserhead. Like I just, they're so weird and funky and just, God, I love them. And he also just seems like such like a genuinely like sweet person mm -hmm. like one of those i kind of wish you were my grandpa no offense to either of my grandfathers except maybe a little bit of offense to the other one because you know you were very racist apparently he probably wouldn't have liked you <laughs> but because okay so because he had stated that he had zero interest in dune part one and nothing against the director nothing against the cast or anything like that um, but I have written down, it was because of his own painful memories of his 1984 Dune. And he said, because it was a heartache for me, it was a failure and I didn't have the final cut. I've told the story a billion times. It's not the film I wanted to make. I liked certain parts of it very much, but it was a total failure for me. I'm like, oh, David Lynch, <laughs> like you poor baby. Like I feel so bad. So I can respect that. I love, I actually like it when directors are like honest about yeah mm -hmm. like they don't try their hardest to like like obviously defend like if you feel like that you you like what you did like cool but also be honest about how like okay maybe i could have done things better yeah yep 
Um, but this movie released October 22nd, 2021. Mm-hmm. And of course it was during COVID. Go so on. it was streaming and also in theaters. Um, I will say, I wish I saw this in theaters, Same, but again, with COVID, it was kind of bad and but also, I didn't want to risk anything at that time. But also, I was glad I was able to watch it at home because I got really fucking baked and watched this movie. It was fucking fantastic. Nice, good, good. Yeah, I. But oh god, the visuals like on the screen. I wish I got to see that because mm, it's beautiful. I love it so much. But I am seeing June Part Two in theaters, so there we go. I'm making up for it. Um, but it was directed by Dennis Villeneuve. 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 That guy. Um, and he did Prisoners, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, and also he's doing two part, Dune Part 2. Um, written by a couple of people. Um, John Spates, who did Prometheus, Doctor Strange, Passengers, and he's doing Dune Part 2. Um, Dennis Villeneuve, the director. Um, and I think he pretty much wrote a lot of the stuff that I said above. And Villeneuve. Uh, yes. And Eric Roth, who did Forrest Gump, Ali, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, A Star is Born, The One with Lady Gaga. I've never seen that movie, Benjamin Button. I don't think I have either. No, I haven't. I was curious about it, but I never did. That might be one to do. Yeah, we might want to do that. Yeah. Maybe that's like a first time watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also did A Star is Born with Lady Gaga, Killers of the Flower Moon. Which, good movie. Um, and it was based on the book by Frank Herbert. 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 Uh, cinematographer, we got Greg Frazier, who did Let Me In, Snow White and the Huntsman, Rogue One, The Batman, and The Creator. Um, composer, Hans Zimmer. Mm. We know The Lion King, Muppets Treasure Island, Prince of Egypt, Gladiator, The Ring, Batman Begins, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Dark Knight Trilogy, basically. I love me some Zimmy. Yeah, he just, he's just so good. He, and he has like this certain tone with his music yeah. that I'm just like you can tell that it's a phenomenal piece by the great Hans Zimmer. Pretty much like as soon as I hear his name is going to be attached to a project, I know I'm okay. It's like even if I don't like the movie, I know I'm going to love that score. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and then cast, we have a lot of people: uh, Timothy Chalamet, who plays Paul Atreides; uh, Rebecca Ferguson, who plays Lady Jessica Atreides. Oscar Isaac, who plays Duke Leto Atreides. Uh, Jason Momoa, uh, who plays Duncan. Stellan Skarsgård, who plays Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. Uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson, who plays Thufir. Uh, Josh Brolin plays Gurney Halleck. Javier Bardem plays Stelgar. Sharon Duncan Brewster plays Dr. Liet Kynes. Chang Chen plays Dr. Wellington Yue. Dave Bautista plays... Did I say Dave Bautista? No, you didn't. No, I said Josh Brolin. Yes. You know, Thanos and Drax. Wow. Uh, Dave Bautista plays Lasu Robin Harkonnen. Uh, David Das... Dalsman. Dalsman. I'm so sorry. I've heard him say it before. I know. This is why I need to, like, listen more and just constantly, like, say it every time and just be like, I don't want to mispronounce your name. I'm so sorry. It's not on purpose. We already discussed this. You got to say it in a low tone, like a house bunny. Oh, yes. Like, Natalie. (laughs) We have to do that movie in the future because I love that movie. (laughs) 
Oh, God. But he plays Peter DeVries. Uh, Zendaya plays Shawnee. Uh, Charlotte Rampling plays Reverend Mother uh, Moa, whatever the bitch. Um, (laughs) I can't stand her. The actress is great, but the character, no. Uh, Bob's Lucimokin plays Jamis. Uh, Benjamin Clementine, I'm so sorry, plays Herald of the Change. Uh, Sovad Ferris plays Bane Gozirit's sister. Yep. Golda Rashuvel plays uh, Mapes. Uh, Roger Ewan plays Lieutenant Landville. <laughs> I'm so sorry to everybody listening. I'm so horrible. Just kill me now. Um, ratings: We got IMDb eight out of ten. Metascore seventy four percent. Rotten Tomatoes eighty three percent, with an audience score of ninety percent. And Letterbox three point nine out of five. And tagline: We got Beyond Fear, Destiny Awaits. And for awards, it didn't win. It did win six Oscars, including Best Sound, Best Achievement in Visual Effects. Production design, original score, film editing, and cinematography. So all the tough work. Yeah. And it was nominated for Best Motion Picture, which I can't remember which one. What else came out that year? Because that was 2021. Yeah. I honestly can't remember. I'm going to look it up. Best Picture winner. 2021. Nomadland. Yeah, the movie I couldn't finish. I could not finish that movie. Too long? It's too... Not a lot happening. (laughs) I was just like, it was stunning, like, absolutely beautiful. But, dear God, I was, like, sitting there. I'm like, I can't actually finish this. Like, I'm so sorry to everybody who loved it. I can see why you love it. But I'm, like, sitting here, like, mostly looking at my phone. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. I think the last time I had some type of experience like that was uh, the Cronenberg movie we saw in theaters. Oh, um. I know what you're talking about. The the one where it was basically they're obsessed with, like, surgery on themselves. Yeah. That one. Yeah, no, I can understand that. That, that was such a disappointment for me. Yeah, same. Especially since David Cronenberg. Like, we mm-hmm. love him. And his body horror is just wonderful. Yeah, that was a disappointment. But yeah, that's my stuff. Great. <laughs> Your job. Yes. Uh, production companies include Legendary Pictures. Villanueva. Films. Distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. I don't know why I decided to do an accent. But <laughs> I don't know I'm why either, it. but it's working. Running time of 155 minutes. With a budget of... And now I'm going for my skin. <laughs> now you're just going for it. <laughs> this is like your villain arc right here. <laughs> I, was, I was going a little bit of the, 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 the Cheech and Chong. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> budget of 165 million and box office return of 434.8 million. And then, where to watch said movie? You could either do 
in my opinion, the more humane thing. You can actually just buy the movie. Okay, mister, I don't actually own it myself. Yeah, but I, I do buy movies. <laughs> you do, you do. <laughs> uh, or you can stream it on Netflix Max for free or premium subscription with YouTube, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Three ninety nine from Google Play, Apple TV, Vudu, and it's free with cable TV on TNT and TBS. TNT. TBS. <laughs> All right. So, yes, with this movie. I love this movie so much. Yeah. It's just, there's just something about it. And I will say, because watching the movie, I was just like, man, this is a long movie. I feel like this is going to be a long episode. But then I realized also, actually, I don't really think it's going to be that long to talk about not that we're not going to talk about it but like there's a lot of quiet moments it really is so which... there's not much to talk about within those moments right but at, at least uh, I've, I've said this before like i like i still like those quiet moments because they let you live in the world yeah because like especially in the beginning you have a lot of kind of like world building mm -hmm. and politics kind of situation because with, I read the book, the first book. It's an exposition dump. Yeah. But it's like, done tastefully. Yeah. Because, like, with the with the book, it's it's a chore. It's kind of a chore. Especially the beginning. It's very slow. And whereas, because there were people who complained with this movie how, like, it has, like, those quiet moments were, like, too slow for them. Mm -hmm. Which, fine. I can respect that. But when you're reading it on page, it's kind of even worse. <laughs> it's oh, kind of like, imagine. oh my god. And I'm a reader. Like, I read all the time. Any chance I get. I care. I have a heavy-ass book in my book bag right now that I'm currently reading. Like, come on. But oh my god, it's such a chore. Like, even my dad, who also is an avid reader like I am. Because um, he told me how he read the first book and it was so slow. And he, like, really had to keep pushing himself to keep reading it. And then it got really good and really up like uptake so then he was read the second book and in most cases with series like with the second book they kind of just start off like with a bang like all right let's go mm -hmm. but then the second book also did the same thing it was very slow in the beginning and dad's just like nope nope i'm done <laughs> and he just put it down and he's like i'm not <laughs> and i'm like i can respect that <laughs> like because i would probably be the same way i'd be like no i can't i can't do this like, I forced myself to finish the first Twilight book, and I'm like, I'm not picking up the next one, because this was god-awful. It was like that for me the first time I ever read uh, Harry Potter. I wasn't that, I wasn't a reader. Oh, okay, I was just like, <clears throat> but Harry Potter is pretty, like... I was not a reader at all. Like, if it had no pictures in it, if it was not a comic book, I was not reading that bitch. Right. But I tried to push myself. I got like a third of the way through before I was like, I give up. And that's also why I didn't watch the movies either. Until. How long ago was that? The, that... I feel like that was after high school. No, it was definitely after high school. It was uh, when Alexa had the, the Harry Potter party. Oh, okay, yeah. And that, that was. Yeah, that's when I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to sit down and watch all the movies. I watched the first one, then I watched the second one. And then the next day happened, and like, and then we're just down the rabbit hole, and yeah. all the movies are watched. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, all. Like in two days. Yep. No, that's fair. And but, I was like, oh, I need to get the books, and I'm getting books, and I was like, the books. Yep. Reading is fun. I, it is fun. I swear. I just don't have the attention span. That's fair. 
Well, I mean, you tried audiobooks, right? Yes, I'm good with audiobooks. Yeah. <clears throat> and some people are like that, and that's perfectly cool. With me, with audiobooks, I've tried, and I end up getting distracted, where I'm just like, ooh, shiny. Where, like, book, I'm able to, like, have it in my hand and just be like, lose myself in the moment. And then I get annoyed when Brian interrupts me and would be like, hey, Liz, look at this TikTok. And I'm like, get away from me! <laughs> I am reading about dragons right now! That was me when I used to work at the steel job. I, uh... How many books did I end up reading that way? The entire Harry Potter series. I read... I think half of Lord of the Rings. Finished it. Uh, Princess Diarist. From uh, Carrie Fisher. Oh, okay. Corrado. I was like, you mean Princess Diaries? No, no, no okay, gotcha, yep. <laughs> so fucking funny oh my god um what else there's a couple others that i read but better, is fun. yeah better than nothing mm -hmm. but yes with dune um because we open with like kind of seeing a little bit and kind of because zendaya is doing um the narrative opening of basically explaining like what's going on. It's between like the two sides of the spectrum, mm -hmm. basically like, you know, regular shit, like rich versus poor. Yeah. The, the empire versus the rebels. Exactly. The corrupt versus the little people. Um, and they explain a little bit of the spice where, um, the empire is pretty much stealing the spice. And this is like a hallucinogen that can take you into like different visual quests. It can also run, um, spaceships, it can, it basically has a lot of properties to it. It can be used as a weapon, it can be used as... It's a, it's a men's shampoo. Basically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hair and body. <laughs> Hair, body, conditioner. You're done. Oh, God. Deodorant. I... Yep, everything. Toothpaste. <laughs> After or before you wash yourself? During. Ew. <laughs> You can only imagine. Oh, God. Um, but this is, like, basically an into-the-future, like, sci-fi situation where you have all these different worlds. Absolutely stunning visuals. Yeah. Because, um, what... And the color palette on just about every fucking scene. Yes. It's like an orgasm to the fucking eyes. Especially with, like, someone like you who, like, you are an artist. You draw. I can draw stick figures. <laughs> but my writing is good. <laughs> I yes. got that going for me. And I can sing. Ha. It's like we're two halves of all idiot. That is me and Brian. You, you put us together, then we could do a pretty good fucking graphic novel. Oh, we could. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm. That's a thought in the future. Um, but yeah, because the, the scenes of the ocean world were um, shot in Stadlandet in Norway. Um, and a lot of the desert scenes um, were shot in Jordan and Abu Dubai, um, in the Abu Middle Dhabi. East. Abu Dhabi, thank you. Um, and I can only imagine, like, filming in the desert. But I also want to go so bad to the spot where, um, Skywalker's, uh, ranch was at. Oh, that's fair. Because... Isn't there, like, a hotel there? Yes. Yes. But the thing is, if you go out there and you go sifting through the sand... You might find fucking memorabilia from the movie because it just got lost there. Ooh, that so would be cool. Like, mm, let me get the stuff. I want all the stuff. This was screen used. I want it. 
Mark Hamill touched this. My and also Hans Zimmer spent a week in like the deserts of Utah alone to assimilate some of the sounds of the landscape into his thinking of the score. I mean, Utah. Mm-hmm. You still get the desert, but you're not like so cut off that you could, you know, die. <laughs> like... From uh, mutant cannibals? Exactly. Oh, uh, man. But because then at this point we get to meet Paul, played by Timothy Chalamet. Also, what a name for a hero. I know, Paul. <laughs> Meet our glorious leader. Hi, I'm Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one I'm thinking of? The monkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love that guy. <laughs> ah, I'm Paul. Oh, my God. That bring back memories. Oh, God. Pretty much so. I, I will say that I like the fact, because you kind of get him with the beginning, because you know how it always has the trope of, like, the young child, basically, where they're meant to be, like, a king or a duke or whatever, mm-hmm. and they don't really want that role, and they're kind of just like, I don't want to. I'm too tired. I don't want to do it. You kind of get that with him. Journey. Yeah. You kind of get that with him, but it's not annoying. Yeah. Because you know how a lot of times it's just like, Okay, we get it. Can you stop whining, please? For Father, love of God. I don't want to run the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like, you just get subtle throw-ins here and there. Mm-hmm. But it's not annoying. Where it's just like, you already, like, like him in the beginning. Which is nice. Not saying that character arcs... Like, because it does work for character arc, but at the same time, it gets, like, so overused that I'm just like, yeah. alright, stop whining. It's kind of like how when my parents feel about with Harry Potter in uh, Order of the Phoenix, because you kind of get that, especially in the books, because you actually get to like see what he's thinking, and mm-hmm. they always complain. They're like, he would just whine the entire time, like uh, a I little did, baby. I did understand. Yeah, it was. I can. Yeah, I can understand that. But also <laughs> different reading it for the first time as an adult. <laughs> so I was definitely more like, uh, he's kind of annoying. Stop acting like a little bitch, Harry. You're the chosen one. Come on. <laughs> Just accept it. Um, but yeah, because you get a little bit in the beginning of... You, you're already shown that he has dreams, like these visions. Mm-hmm. That he's just like, what has happened? Which I love the visions. Like, the lighting and just the color of all of his visions. Where, like, you kind of get a hint of it, but not enough to, like, ruin anything for you. Yeah. Where it's kind of just, like, you're also questioning it with him, of, like, what do these mean? Like, I'm so confused. Um, and, it, yeah, like, basically with this setting, because it's hard to, like, talk about, like, exactly, like, what's going on. Because it's a lot of, like, kind of visual, mostly, and kind of just yeah the quiet moments. Stillness. Yeah, exactly. So you get a little bit of how he's training to fight. Um, and that was one thing, because, like, Josh Brolin's character was basically just like, come on, fight! And he's like, I'm tired! And he's like, that's too bad. Kind of the situation that you usually see where it's just like, do you think your enemy's gonna care that you're tired? Which, yeah, has a point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they always do. I agree <laughs> completely. Um, and you even get to meet a little bit of the Baron um, with his bigness. Yes. You know, kind of grossness when you see him, kind of a situation. He always floats everywhere. He never walks. He just floats. I mean, if I could float, I would not walk. Did we all see what happened with Wally? 
Yeah, but uh, the way I see it is like. I'd still exercise, like, but I wouldn't walk. It'd be like, that's beneath me. Literally. <laughs> Literally, it's beneath <laughs> me. And also, Stellan Skarsgård had to spend seven hours a day applying makeup for his role as the Baron. Which, I always feel bad when I hear that, especially when it's like, you don't really see him that much. Yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. like with um Freddy in the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not really mm-hmm. in the movie, but he had to spend so many hours just applying the makeup. I'm like, oh, you poor soul. That sucks. But you also get a little bit of when Paul gets taste- t- tasted. Taken. To, like, the high <laughs> priest. He gets tasted. <laughs> he is tasted. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at least it's better than getting milked. But that's true. Mm-hmm. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? They're gonna milk us! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But you get it where he first meets the, like, high priestesses, um, and he gets the... he put He's told to put his right hand in the box. Benny Jesser? Mm-hmm. The Benny Jesser? Yes. Yes. I just call them high priestesses. I like so. saying Benny Jesser. That's fair. <laughs> it's fun to say. Try it. What what is it again? Benny Jesuit. Benny Jesuit. The Benny Jesuit. Yep, yep. Now that's kind of quirky. <laughs> yeah. Because he has that test where he puts his hand in the box, and she has like the what's needle. in the box? What's in the box? She has the needle to his neck, where she's like, "If you take your hand out, you die." Because I'm going to kill you. And it's clearly painful with his hand in this box, and mm-hmm. he's just like, "What is this?" And it's a test, naturally, because these. In anything I've read and seen, a lot of priestesses are actually kind of bitches. Yeah. They're just like, mm. Like the nuns. Mm. That's probably why I cringe, because it just <laughs> brings me back to elementary school, uh, Catholic school, because Jesus Christ, they're nightmares. They're meh. Um... But he was able to push through with this painful experience, and his mom is sitting as the guard outside, and she's just like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, son. My baby! My baby! And I just, even, like, when he is finished this whole test, and the chick goes, like, goodbye, young human. I hope you live. (laughs) And then she just walks away, I'm like, wow, okay, cool, thanks. But also, imagine implementing that as a, um, as a bye. Should I just start saying that from now on? Goodbye, human. I hope you live. (laughs) What if I don't like the person? I don't want them to live. Goodbye, human. Just goodbye, human, and that's it. Okay, (laughs) that works. I just stare at them for a a split second and then walk away. Yep. Okay, I can do that. I can do that. It would freak a lot of people out. Yes, it would. (laughs) I like this plan, actually. It's genius! (laughs) But in this moment, because she ends up talking to Jessica, Paul's mom... And it's just like, you've been training him. You were supposed to bear daughters, and yet you finagled a process. Which, seriously, can you teach me your ways? Because if I do get pregnant, I want a son. No offense to women, but dear God, that terrifies me. <laughs> uh, no. But she's basically being, like, yelled at for training him in the way, like, their ways. Like, specifically with the voice. Yeah. Because you get a little bit of it when they're, like, at the breakfast table together, Paul and Jessica, and she tells, like, oh, you want this glass of water? Use the voice on me and force me to give it to you. Which we both agreed, we want that power of the voice. Oh, I would use it for evil. On certain people. But then again, I told you we would not be considered evil. I would use it for evil, just not 
Not in that way. Yes. <laughs> I would hope not. Not in that way. Oh, and also just the chemistry between Timothy Chalamet and... Um, Rebecca Ferguson? No, Jason Momoa. Oh, yes. I mean, yes, with Rebecca Ferguson as well, which I told you when we first saw her face for this movie, I there's something about her. I don't know what it is, but, like, I see her face, I'm like, I love you. Like, did, yeah, I don't... No, I agree. I don't, and it might be because of Dr. Sleep, because I think that was the first thing I saw her in, which is kind of creepy, because she played a really evil character Yeah, but aesthetically, aesthetically, it was just like... Mm. Is it because we're obsessed with, like, goth girls, like, when we were younger? Like, with Sam from... Danny Phantom and yeah stuff like that and that Hex Girls yeah that might be it but it's the adult version yeah but there there's something about her that emulates 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 like I don't know there's just something about her that's just so wonderful that I just really want to just shake her hand and hug her I don't know what it is but because every time you see Paul with Duncan Jason Momoa's character like he gets so happy. He's mm-hmm. like, oh my god, my friend! Hello! Money! Mm-hmm. Also, there's something about Jason Momoa. Like, he's also great. Um, But you kind of also learn that Duncan is, like, because he is a part of, like, the Duke's people, but he's also been, like, staying with the Freeman, the Freemans. The rebels, basically. Yes. Um, to, cause the Duke wants to be like in league with the Freemans. So Duncan has been kind of going in and learning their ways and really earning, like respecting them as a culture kind of a situation of mm-hmm. just like, they're great. Like there's, they care about each other. They have each other's backs. They're fierce. Like, and he has like huge respect for these people, which I love because Absolutely. I would also 100% respect them and be like, I want to be a part of you guys. You guys are cool. Even uh, though you live in the desert and water is very scarce. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, I can't justify it. It's, it's, it's too hot. I hate sand. It gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <clears throat> and you hear a little bit about the prophecy because when because I'm kind of jumping all over the place right here because it's kind of just one of those movies. Um, because they do end up going to, like, the desert planet, which I completely forget the name of it. Um, Arrakis. Arrakis, thank you. Um, All together. And, because, again, the Duke wants to basically bring the Freemans onto, like, a part of them to kind of, like, work together. So the whole family goes. And when Jessica meets, like, basically her, like, team of, I guess servants uh she Helpers? had her choice of a uh, housemate that's what it was yes that's what it was thank you and she mentions that she has a weapon like guarded and it ends up becoming a little bit of the prophecy of like this is actually very important for the prophecy kind of a situation mm-hmm. to show you like hey we know what's going on and we know who your son is possibly the chosen one the chosen one neo yes <laughs> I know Kung Fu. And again, this is a moment where there's a lot of, like, politics kind of talk. Um, Political exposition. Yep. Um, And you also get a little bit of seeing the priestess. The Benny Jesuit. Benny Jesuit. Speaking with the Baron. And basically just selling out everybody. Mm. And I'm just like, hi, I knew you were evil. 
I didn't trust, never trust nuns. And, but she does ask like, oh, Jessica and Paul can't be harmed. There are people. Exactly. Yes. But of course, when she walks away, Baron is just like, yeah, like, you know, I said that I won't harm them, but you know what? The desert is a cruel place. We won't kill them. Yeah. With this guy, there's definitely a, like, he's a typical villain where there's definitely a lot of loopholes where he's just like, hey, I, yeah, I said I wouldn't do that, but the universe might decide something else. So, ha. Um, and you get a little bit of also with, um, the Duke with how he is because they all end up going to like one of those, um, basically helicopter spaceship, the dragonfly. I like the dragonfly. I want the dragonfly. So cool looking. Um, and he gets to see like what, how his machine works to like get the mining for spice. Exactly. The mining for spice. And, like, it's definitely really cool scenery. You get to see off in the distance the worm, the sandworm that's going through. And in this moment, you kind of, you get more of a feel of how the Duke really is. Because the sandworm is actually coming dangerously close to the spice mine machine. And, unfortunately, nothing that they're able to do is able to deter away the sandworm. So, basically, at this point, Duke just cares about getting... His people out. So he asks how many are there are. Is there like twenty four people in there? So he's like, "Yeah, everybody, get the fuck out now!" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh man, but we'll lose all this spice." He's like, "I don't care. Get the fuck out!" I think I wrote. Uh... Damn the spice! I want every man off that crawler now. And I'm like, "Oh, respect, dude. See, this is the kind of leader that we want. Thank you very much." Because, like, at the end of the day, he cares. Like. Yes, it could be also for his, like, what he needs, but also he does care. Yeah. And you can tell that kind of aspect. It also helps that Oscar Isaac is a very talented human being. Um, Very handsome human being as well. Yes, he is. Yeah, It's exactly. coming from me. A straight man. Especially when he's in the suit in Moon Knight. Mm. Yes. Uh, I think we're t- thinking about two different suits. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I forgot to mention that we did meet uh, Kynes, um, who is a Freeman, but also, like, kind of works for the Emperor, which we keep hearing about, but we don't actually see the Emperor. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you mean Christopher Walken? Yes, I forgot that he's playing the Emperor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah be like, that's wow. going to be good. <laughs> the Spice. We have to take over the spice. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Uh yeah, I am excited about that. Um And so you're kinda like not sure like where she's at, like in the beginning. You're kinda just like, so are we do we like her? Are we with her? Are we against her kind of a situation? Um But she because she also like um I like her line where she says, take your, take good care of your family. The desert's not kind to humans either. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm, yes, 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 girl. And I wish I had these blue eyes. They're so pretty. I know it's not realistic, but... And they were planning on using, like, practical lenses for the eyes. But then they thought about it, and they were just like, look, man, we're going to be in the desert. There's going to be a lot of sand blowing around and dryness and heat and... Bad idea. Bad idea. Let's not make these people uncomfortable. So they ended up doing CGI, but it still worked. Like, a lot of this movie, like, again, it's what we've talked about before. 
you can use CGI. To enhance, but not to replace. Exactly. And, like, yes, there's going to be stuff where it's going to be very difficult to do practically. But certain things can still be done. Like, oh god, what? Okay. So it doesn't actually say how they did it. But it took, like, a year to... Like, it was a year-long process to that went into designing the massive sandworms. Because um, the director said, we talked about every little detail that would make such a beast possible, from the texture of the skin, to the way the mouth opens, to the system that, um, to eat its food in the sand. Um, and it was a year of work to design and find the perfect shape that looked prehistoric enough. And even, like, with this giant sandworm, like, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. Like, it, like I feel like with a lot of movies, like, nowadays especially... Not Judge Wink Wink, the Marvel movies, where you can tell that they're pushing the VFX crew so much with very little time and very little money that it just looks cheaply done. Yeah. And you know that these people love what they do and they don't want to make it look that way, but they're kind of like, we have no choice because this is what we're working with here. But like everything about this movie, I felt like was just so like wonderfully done and placed. But... We also get a few of more of Paul's visions. Um, like he sees that he, because he keeps seeing Shawnee played by Zendaya. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sees moments where it looks like that he's like being stabbed. And he's kind of just like, some of these visions are very fuzzy where I don't know exactly what's happening. But some of them are also very clear. Like, I know that you're pregnant, mom. How could you know that? I None. I barely even knew. It's only been a couple weeks. What? And it's like, dude, I'm psychic. Like, I have visions. Like, come on. <laughs> exactly. Got Raven Simone up in this bitch. <laughs> the look. Oh, man. But in this moment, because they're back, like, in this, like, castle-like area. And everybody's asleep, everyone's ready to go to bed, everything's good, but then shit's about to go down. Because all of a sudden, they get attacked. Because of the doctor. He betrayed him. Which also was kind of sad, because, like, you find out that the doctor is the one, because he's been taking care of them and checking, no people's vitals by just touching their head. Which, again, do you know how easier that would make my job at work, where I can just touch a dog's head and be like, pancreatitis. The dog has pancreatitis. That would just make things go fly by so much easier. Also, so it, many would more help, it, done. it would help with anxiety, too, because then you could just know what someone's thinking instead of having to think about it. Yes, exactly. So, but, like, because the doctor portrays him, but then he, because you see um, the Duke waking up because he sees a light and he goes down to expect it. And he ends up getting shot with the, um, like, dart yes. thing, tranquilizer. And the doctor tells him, like, I'm so sorry. I was the one who betrayed you. Uh, I sold you out. I made a bargain with the Baron. He has my wife. I kind of want her back. And it's still kind of like, oh, man, like, I get it. But at the same time, dude, you know how villains work. Dick move. What the hell? You know it's not going to be that simple. Whatever. Um, But I love the fight scenes that you get with everybody fighting. Because there's definitely an art to fight scenes. Because you got to make it look so, like, well done and smooth. 
and not choppy. Yeah. And I feel like they do that well here. It's like a dance. It's a ballet of destruction. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a lot of, like, a lot of actresses, specifically, and also actors, who they will be in fight scenes for, like, their movies or shows, and they used to dance, like, for years. Mm-hmm. So they're able to incorporate that with the fighting scenes, and I love that so much. And I'm like, I believe if anybody's going to have a movie or show where people are, like, fighting, especially, like, hand-to-hand combat, have them take dance lessons. Because that would make it look so much better. But also with the doctor telling the Duke that, hey, I'm sorry I portrayed you, but here's a little tooth mechanism that I'm going to replace, put in your mouth. And once you get an opportunity, I want you to bite down so you can admit a poison that will kill everybody around you. Please and thank you. Um, And in that moment, because you see later... The Duke is taken by Baron and his people, and he's just naked on a chair in a very, what looks like a very uncomfortable position that you apparently have fallen asleep in that position. Yes, I have. No wonder your back is killing you. Um, and this is where the Baron admits, like, yeah, we did have a bargain doctor that you would, that, you know, I would set your wife free. And I did that. And I'm going to let you join her. And then kills the doctor. So basically, he killed his wife. And that's what I mean about tr- don't trust the villain, because they're obviously going to be like, huh, another loophole. Goodbye. They're like genies. They really are. It's like you make a wish, or the like monkey's paw. Like mm. you make a wish, and it's like, oh, wow, you twisted my wish around. My honky's paw. Yes. Um, But he ends up, because after he does that, the Baron's like literally standing over Duke, the Duke, and that's when he like bites down on the fake tooth and then admits the poison kills everybody. You do of course see later Baron is like in a corner, like in a lot of pain, like, <sighs> wounded, like Ugh! but in between all of this, Jessica and Paul ended up getting kidnapped. And I also really like that scene where, cause they gagged Jessica because they knew that she had the power of the voice, but they didn't do to Paul because they also knew like, he probably doesn't have the voice. He's not a girl. He can't do this. He got the voice. He done did it. He was able to do it. But Jessica did point out that the pitch was too forced. But I did like that whole scene of like him using the voice to get the gag off of Jessica, his mom. But then she kind of takes over the range because she has more training with it. Mm-hmm. So she like knows what she's doing. And it's a whole situation of just like, okay, kill yourself. Kill him. Like, let us go. Kind of a cool situation because I was like in the moment of the whole plan of just like hey we're not going to outright kill them but we're just going to leave them in the desert where they're going to die so much fun so much fun oh yeah because after that that's when they like Jessica and um, Paul find like a tent that they're able to pitch in the desert and he has like his spice vision because they ever have they had with them spice concoction because they find out that Duke is dead. Um, and Paul has more of a vision where he, like, sees himself, like, kind of a more clear vision of what's going on. Of him, like, fighting as a Freeman. And he kind of has this little moment of just, like, yelling at his mom, like, You did this to me! You made me a freak! Which, okay. Everyone's allowed to have their moments. I get that. 100%. Your poor mother is crying her eyes out because she feels so guilty. But whatever. 
I felt so bad for her. It's me too, because she's just like, I'm, I'm sorry. She was trying to console him, and he's just like, get away from me! And I'm like, oh, I feel that. I can respect that. The amount of times also I probably, like, gave my mom heartache for, like, screaming at her, and she's just like, I love you. <laughs> it's like that moment when your kid first tells you that you that they hate you, and you're like, ah! Oh. I have never done that to my mom. I have done that to my mom. <laughs> and now I tell her, I'm just like, I love you, mom, like, all the time. And, God, it's 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 a trip. Yeah, no, if I would have said that to my mom, she would have fucking broke the broom across my face. I believe that. I believe that. But they do run into Duncan again. He's alive! He escaped it in an actually pretty good sequence. Yes, absolutely. Oh, God. Again, his fighting scene is also fantastic. But in this moment, they're kind of, like, in the middle of, like, it's like a frame and territory kind of a situation, but still close to, like, the fancy-schmancy castle place. Yeah. Um, but this is where, because Paul had said to him in the beginning of the movie that, like, I had a vision and I saw you die. Duncan's like, I'm not going to die. It's fine. And then, of course, we see him die. But still a cool fight scene where, like, he can sense that the bad guys are coming to attack them. So he ends up locking himself in the hallway with these people and keeping, like, Paul and Jessica and everybody, like, out of the room. And then, again, you have a cool fight sequence of you see, like, the blue shields and the red seals and people dying left and right. I feel like that scene would have done so much better if it did, like, a hallway scene, like, with, um, old boy. Ooh, that would have been cool. Oh, with the blue and the red flashing here and there? Oh, oh that would have been cool. But still, you have Duncan's badass character of, like, he legit gets stabbed and has a sword through him. And he can tell, because you can see that the bad guys are using, like, this laser to, like, break through the wall that Duncan locked. So he, what does he do? He rips the knife out of his chest and just starts killing these people. Like, the badass that he is. And then you have poor Paul yelling like, no, Duncan, don't do this. And he's sad because that's his buddy. Yeah. Because we lose him and that's also very sad. Because I do love Duncan. He's great. He's like the big brother that everybody wants. But um, at this moment, both Jessica and Paul are being told by Kynes um, to get to the shuttle. It only has two seats, so I can't go with you, but I'm going to find another area to go to so I can escape. Like, the desert is my home. I'm guessing she was going to try to ride one of the sandworms, right? Yeah, I think so. Because you do see, like, later, like, the Freemans, like, <clears throat> that's what they do. Like, know how to find the situation to ride the sandworm, which would be so cool. Yeah. I would love that. Because you see her using, like, the thumper, um, where it, like, kind of creates, like, a noise in the doof, sand. Doof, 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 doof. Mm -hmm. Like, calling on the sandworm, but of course she ends up getting stabbed by one of the bad guys. Um, and they, that's when they're telling her, um, like, oh, you betrayed the emperor, like, you betrayed us, like, rebel, bad, bad lady. Rebel and scum. And she's like, I only have one master. And then she starts thumping on the sand, like, herself to call the sandworm. But, again, like, another sacrifice. Like, she sacrifices herself, because while the sandworm, yes, eats the bad guys, also eats her. Yeah. And that's sad, because <clears> I did <throat> like her a lot. She was cool. She was badass. But at this moment, we do end up seeing that... Uh, the Baron is, like, healing in, like, that black gunk sludge 
a facial mask. Yeah, basically. Um, and because um, Paul and Jessica end up escaping in like that shuttle and they go into a sandstorm. And that was also a cool scene where like Paul is like trying to like ride this storm out and he hears like a voice that tells him like let go just trust the process trust the desert like we got you kind of a situation and i love that scene of just seeing him slowly letting go and be like all right we're just gonna ride this out mom you got this okay we're cool but this moment when we go back to baron being in the sludge he's just like talking to i forget his de batista's character um where they're like oh no one can survive that sandstorm like we're good. We're good. Too many moments of these villains <clears throat> just being like, oh, we're fine. Like, who could survive that? <laughs> we're going to show you. Underestimating their uh, foe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't do that. But, uh, because that's when they end up crash landing on the desert. And this is kind of like where we have one of those quiet moments where it's basically just, um, like, you know, because they have the um, black suits that keep like their water contained that they have in their body so they can survive going through the desert, which was another thing that um, Kynes had said when she first saw Paul putting on that suit. And she was just like, cause she had to check everybody else's suit to make sure like, Oh no, I got to fix this. Cause you didn't put this on properly. You stupid humans, you stupid rich people. You don't know how to do this. And then she goes to Paul and she's like, you have you put this on before? Like you put this on perfectly. He's like, no, first time. How did you know it was supposed to fit like that? It just seemed right. And that was part of the prophecy where she's just like, he will know your ways automatically. It's like, well, that's cool. Must but, be nice. Must be nice. <clears throat> um, But that's where they're kind of like both Paul and Jessica are just going through the desert. And like, again, it's a quiet moment, but also like just kind of beautifully well put together. Yeah. Especially with the music and the scenery. It's just gorgeous. I love it all so much. I also love how the score has, like, this ethereal type of, like, harmonizing in the background. It's yes. so fucking good. Yep. And also, so many times, I love me some bagpipes. Mm. I love bagpipes. I Irish danced for 12 years. Like, mm, bagpipes just has a thing for me. Kenny grew an appreciation for bagpipes when he used to go to um, police funerals. That's fair. Also can be sad at the same time. Yeah, no, that's what he said. Yep, yep, very sad. For me, it's a happy memory. And because, again, you see, and also, like, because this was a big complaint that people had when the movie came out, was that you don't really see any of Zendaya. I think she's only fully in there for a full, like, ten minutes. Because you mostly see her in visions. And I understand from that aspect, because you could tell that they definitely did, like, a bait and switch with the trailers. Yeah. Because Zendaya is very, very popular. Everyone loves her. So they showed her a lot in the trailers and made it seem like she was in the movie more. And in reality, she wasn't. Which I can understand that disappointment. But also at the same time, if like you do your research to the book, she's barely in the first half of the book. Her character. Like, really barely in there. I'm not saying read the book, because again, it's a chore. It's a major chore. But also, again, barely in it. She's not really going to be in the first movie because that's the first half of the book, pretty much. But I will say, in the visions where you kind of see them together, her and Timothy Chalamet, you can already tell beautiful chemistry. Mm -hmm. Like, and even just like when they're on like red carpets and premieres together, like their friendship is just so cute. They're like just so uplifting to each other and just like buddies, like, hey, best friend, like, what's up? 
And apparently with the premiere of Dune Part 2, a lot of people have been asking them, like, all they're mostly talking about and focusing on is their kissing scenes. And apparently Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet are getting, like, really annoyed with it because they're not being asked about, like, the movie and their process and with acting and stuff like that. They're only being focused on, like, the kissing scenes. We're like, is it weird because, you know, you're close friends? It's just, like, it's part of our job. Like, stop making it weird. Exactly. Like, we're, we chose this life to be actors. It's part of the job. Let it go. Can we please talk about something else? Which I can respect that. Um, but they did end up finding the Freemans, um, because they had a moment where they saw, like, a sandworm coming at them, but then someone had set up a bumper to distract the sandworm. Yes. So with that, they're able to find, um, the Freemans, and I do respect these people for not automatically being like, yeah, Paul right there, he's our, he's a part of the prophecy, he's our leader, he's gonna free us. They're like, mm we're questioning. We're not just going to automatically believe it. You have to prove it, so we'll figure that out. You know, um, the logical thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I do like the fact of, like, they're like, well, you know what? He's young. We can probably train him. He's good. And then <laughs> flat out, he's just like, the woman isn't trained, um, and she's too old, old to learn. But she proves him wrong super fast, because she automatically starts fighting his people and kicks ass. Um, but they're about to take them back to, like, their people, and Jamis, basically, he just already wants to fight right in and there, because he doesn't want to accept just bringing this person in. Uh, but I also, I think it might have been part of, like, the test in general, to see, like, if Paul really is the one, mm-hmm. but I'm not entirely sure. I could be wrong about that. <clears throat> um... So you end up having a fight between the two of them. And I love the whole process where it's basically just like, because Paul just keeps putting his knife to Jamis's throat and going like, yield! But the leader flat out is just like, there's no yielding here. Like, you fight to the death. And Jessica, his mom, is just like, he's never killed anyone before. Well, he gonna do today. Yep. Because while the fight was absolutely beautiful, lots of good camera work and fighting styles, unfortunately, he had to stab Jamis in the back. Literally. But at this moment, it's kind of like, you can tell, like, you kind of get a visual of, like, how these people are. Like, they'll stand with their own, but also they, like, will do what they have to do kind of a situation. Because mm-hmm. at this moment, they're like, all right, yep, you kind of proved yourself there for a little bit, so we're going to take you back to our land kind of a situation um and they're all like patting him on the shoulder and he's looking at um shawnee sandea's character um and they're kind of having that look in their eyes where paul's just like i know you i saw you i keep seeing you in my visions but what do you mean what are we meant to be what is going to happen between us Stay tuned for part two. Exactly. Because I also loved how they ended with when they get to the Freeman area, like where they live. And the last line we have is Shani going, this is only the beginning. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. What a way to end the movie. And I think it wasn't it that they didn't release that it was part one until like this movie came out, like in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Like part two coming soon. 
what a way to end the movie though oh and i forgot to mention how when they first meet the leader of the framens um javier's character how he when he first like meets the duke and he just spits on the floor and josh bro (laughs) they won't fucking kill you such an angry man he's like disrespect and duncan's over here like no 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 thank you thank you for giving us your bodily fluid because you know water is key key and you know you, we don't really have it here so we appreciate that you are willing to sacrifice some of your water for the duke cool and so many moments where josh brolin is just ready to like fight and people are just like the duke is just like dude calm down like chill smoke some weed like it's fine <laughs> like we're good we're cool and then for a little bit more movie facts um the director dennis he wanted to make a faithful adaptation so he waited until he'd done um the science fiction films arrival and blade runner 2049 first so that he would have more sufficient experience in the genre before starting work on this movie which respect yeah Res- high respect because you gotta know like as much as you love watching these films you gotta know what you're doing if you're gonna make one mm-hmm. as with any genre really um linguistics as expert um J- david j peterson he helped create the frame and language for the movie um and he also helped create the game of thrones languages of dothraki and valyrian which is kind of cool um and then dennis the director he was not too happy about being released on hbo max because you know covid uh which again i can respect that because this definitely is a movie that you want to see in theaters yeah so that was just a diff- <clears throat> difficult time for everybody because fuck COVID. That was just a nightmare and a half. Um, but it was the most watched film overall in the USA on the streaming service for the first three weeks of its release, which I'm not surprised. A lot of people watch that movie. Um, and then for the first trailer, Hans Zimmer gathered a 32 person choir via FaceTime to cover Pink Floyd's song Eclipse uh, with Zimmer conducting from home nice yep which also because i think eclipse was because i think in the original movie they wanted to have pink floyd no it wasn't the original movie it was another adaptation that they were going to do that ended up not happening but pink floyd was going to be like they're like i think all of their music was going to be like used as like the score kind of a situation yeah so we kind of had homage to them for that situation also i love pink floyd um, and I didn't see what was actually made, but there were some musical instruments that were created specifically for the film soundtrack. I gotta look up to find what instruments were made, because Jesus Christ. Oh, God. But this movie, especially watching it again, like, I really cannot wait for Dune Part 2. And I think I told you that Brian finally did watch this movie. Um, yes. And he liked it a lot, and he's excited to also see the second one. He felt like it was too fast, which kind of made me surprised. I was just like, really? You think so? Like, not in, like, a critical way of just, like, fast-paced with how I feel about, like, some movies. But <clears throat> I'm guessing he wanted more. I think so. Because, um, like, I would say, as much as I love, like, these quiet moments and how they're actually, like, beautifully well done, there are moments where it does, like, obviously us, us talking about it. There's kind of just, like, different scenes here and there, and there's a lot of, like, moments in between where it's just, like, they're walking through a desert. Yeah. They're sitting, talking politics. Not much I can say about there without just dragging it on. But with the 
because with the second half of the book, it definitely like goes absolutely nuts. So I'm sure that the movie is going to go absolutely nuts with the sequel. I don't know. Did they say if they're planning on doing the rest of the books? All I heard was a three-parter. Gotcha. All right, we'll see what happens. Because I think it's... Oh, God, I don't actually remember. How many books are in the Dune series? There's six. Oh, there's six altogether. But there's, like, three of the original. Okay. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, everything about this movie, like the writing, the score, the cinematography, the scenery, the like you said, the color palette, the acting. I just, I love this movie. Yeah. And I really <clears throat> wish I got to see it in theaters. Damn you, COVID. You had to ruin everything. And like I said, like, I think my only moments is like, okay, there are times where it's just like, all right, where are we going? Like, it's kind of slow with this moment. But again, it still worked with the movie. Yes. Well, what would you rate it? I'm going to rate it, uh, 4.5. Uh, flying mechanical dragonflies out of five. Nice. Yes. Again, it's just visually so fucking pleasing. Mm-hmm. The actual, <clears throat> like, the actual plot is good. Like, it keeps you, like, drawn in and entertained pretty much from beginning to end. Even with the slow moments, it's still something to watch. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a slow moment. So, yeah. It keeps your attention. And also Rebecca Ferguson. Yes. Love her. She's great in anything she does. Yes. Yeah, I would probably give it the same thing. <clears throat> 4.8 sandworms out of 5. Um, again, there are like slow moments where it's just like, okay, we're kind of drudging it along here. But still, it's beautifully, aesthetically pleasing. Like, it keeps your attention the entire time. I love the chemistry with everybody. Like, the whole cast just did really well together. Like, I feel like there wasn't there weren't any like people that just didn't fit. Cause like I said, like even with Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet, like you barely got to see them together in this movie, but you can tell that they had amazing chemistry with each other and that yeah. they're close with each other. And I love that fact. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see Dune too, especially like with everything that's coming out of it. And I'm also, I'm a sucker also for like, basically like the good versus evil where it's like, the people who are repressed and then the repressors. Yes. Like, you know how you get with Star Wars and Hunger mm -hmm. Games and stuff like that? Like, I love those where it's, like, the people that are constantly being, like, put under the thumb of the people who have power and money. Like, they rise up all together and they, like, fight together. I love those kind of stories because I'm just like, yeah, anarchists at the end of the day. I'm just like, fight the man! Fight the power! Ha! But yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then our next movie comes out around St. Patty's Day, and we've been talking about it for a while now, and we're finally going to do it. Leprechaun! <laughs> the original. Oh my god, that movie! It's been so long since I've seen it, so I'm really curious what my mindset is going to be now. Also a young Jennifer Aniston. Oh my god, yeah, she was a baby. Cause that, was that before or after Friends? Before. Yeah, not like after Friends ended, but like... Yeah, yeah. 
No, that was before. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was I'm just pretty like, sure that was her first role. Oh, yeah, you're right. You are right with that one. Oh, God, I'm so excited for that one. <laughs> uh, but, as always, thank you for listening to us. Uh, hope you guys see Dune as well. Dune Part 2, because I'm super excited for it. Um, and as usual, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell um, tell your fellow sandworm. Because at the end of the day, they're probably just lonely. True. Mm-hmm. You know, tell your butcher. Tell your barber. And you know what? Tell Rebecca Ferguson, you know, hit me up. <laughs> or just listen to the podcast. <laughs> yes, that too. One of those. Um, and as always, leave us a positive review, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.